0: This episode of Tales from a Gemini is with author Danielle Simpson. Uh, We talk about her book, The Mindset Mission. She's a performance coach in motorsports, and she's also deep into meditation. And she talks about just self-help. And the great thing, what I love about this episode is she pulls no punches about how she needs help and what she went through in the dark places in her life and what got her out of these dark places. And what I love about all my guests, and especially Danielle, is that the authenticity. Like I said, she pulls no punches. I mean, if you go to her... Instagram, it shows a beautiful girl, but behind that is hurt and pain, and she's come through that, and she wrote a book to help you get through your problems, and I guarantee you will love her and love the book. It's called The Mindset Mission. Daniel Simpson. Enjoy this episode. Two, three, and... All right, it's BT with Tales from a Gemini, and uh, my guest today, like I said, first of all, I want to thank you people for just making this podcast what it is and, and the messages of encouragement and and the, the dms you leave me and and the criticism and and, and the positivity i appreciate that like i want to make this the best podcast in the world i mean it from the bottom of my heart i strive every day and i like to, and i like to challenge myself with people i don't know and they and they trust me and this next guest is one of the ones i remember like i, I saw that uh when i interviewed steve day me and steve they had a chat And I looked, and I saw somebody had liked it, and I think they followed me. And I go, let me see who this person is. And I was like, you know what? They'd be perfect for the show. And I DM'd, and I was like, oh, my God, what am I doing And now I feel like we're friends and now (laughs) she trusted me and she has a book out called The Mindset Mission. She is a a development coach and also a motorsports coach. Right. And I think that's how we that was what intrigued me in the beginning. I mean, obviously, she's beautiful, but then it it came to motorsports. And that's where I was like, I have to talk to this person. My guest for today, the wonderful Danielle Simpson. How are you, Danielle?
1: Oh, thank you. I'm so, so well.
0: How are you? I am wonderful now. And like I said in the beginning, thank you so much for trusting me. I mean, there's like, like I tell people all the time, I'm a lot of energy and I'm a lot to take in. And I get that sometimes I rub people the wrong way, but it's authentic. And I, and I love that. I remember when I was going through your uh, your Instagram and I saw that you were at, Silverstone, I go, oh my gosh, I love her already. <laughs> you were at Silverstone with the drink in your hand, having a great yeah. time. I've been to Silverstone on the greatest vacation of my life to watch MotoGP when they were there. And I was at Cadwell for uh, BSB. And the greatest vacation of my life was in, in the UK. So I, I knew you were cool right off the bat. In, in motorsports, then I knew you were cool.
1: Oh, thank you so much. Um, yeah, that was a hectic weekend because I was actually working crazy hours in the morning, and then obviously thoroughly enjoying myself in the evening. So come the Sunday, I was de- I was dead, <laughs> um, and the sunstroke. Like we had like a mini heat wave in the UK, and the burns I got. It was actually very. I burnt my lips. I've never burnt my lips before. How
0: do you burn your lips? Burn. How do you burn your lips?
1: I have no idea, but they were so sore.
0: I mean, so. so, uh, so yeah,
1: don't,
0: don't burn your lips, guys. Do you have to walk like this? How do I mean, when you, I mean, seriously, how did you go around? Did you have, like, duck lips, like, don't touch your lips, don't touch your lips. Like, you, you had to look like Donald Trump the whole time, like, don't touch your lips. Well,
1: luckily, that drink in the picture was like an ice slushy uh, vodka cocktail. So I just kept drinking those, which obviously then was quite lethal because I was like, oh, it's just a slushy. And next thing I'm flawless. So good
0: time. (laughs) You look like you were having a great time, by the way. That's what I love about (laughs) your pitch. You look like you're having a great time. And like I said, it's motorsports. That just it, it intrigued me about you. And, and since I don't know anything about you, and we'll get to the book and everything, but tell me a little about your background. Like, where did you grow up and how did you grow up?
1: Yeah, so, oh, hang on, let me just turn this on. Sorry. Um, what happened? Yeah, so I grew up, <laughs> sorry, sorry. I grew up um, in the UK okay. um, for most of my life. Um, and then my parents divorced when I was about eight um and then about 11 my mom decided that she wanted to move us to australia so we moved to australia for two years which was absolutely incredible um and then we moved to canada for 18 months um i know where um, we're in, in canada
0: where in canada where
1: uh, we, we moved to winnipeg <gasps> so Man-
0: oh my god she she broke up she froze
1: Oh, there we are. There, oh, we there are. you are. You know, it's funny.
0: My last guest. Oh, yeah. Could you please repeat what you just said? So uh, it comes back. Yeah. Uh, you moved to Kenya. You moved to Winnipeg. And that's when you went uh, and you froze.
1: Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So I moved to Winnipeg, Manitoba. Um, and then after that, we moved back home. And I've been home ever since.
0: What? Uh, what your favorite destination between between Canada and Australia, your favorite?
1: uh um, Definitely Canada because you get the best of both worlds. Obviously, you get your nice sunshine in the summer, and then obviously, brutal cold <laughs> winters in the winter. <laughs> but I was just there were so many activities to do, and like, I feel sorry for. Like England, like, you know, it rains all the time. So, really, you've got bowling or the cinema. Whereas in Canada, you've got wakeboarding, you've got fishing, you've got, you know what I mean, quadding, um, skidooing, snowboarding. Like, there's just so much to do out there. It was absolutely brilliant growing up there. So.
0: Did, did you become a hockey fan?
1: Oh, I loved ice hockey. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: yeah. Did you play? Did you play? Did you play?
1: Oh, God, no, I can't ice skate at all. It's actually horrific, um, but I love watching it. And also basketball. I came, i a really big fan of basketball because our um, high school was actually pretty good at it. So that was good.
0: <laughs> oh, my God, really? Okay, so did you ever do any sports growing up oh, uh, at all?
1: No, I dabbled in ballet when I was like little, and then apparently I had a proper sit down chat with my mum and said this isn't for me, (laughs) and she listened, um, silly woman. (laughs) Um, So no, no, not really. I haven't. uh, Well, as I got older, I got more into fitness, so um, Thai boxing, and I used to be a gym manager as well, so I like the gym, but not an actual sports ball. So
0: Thai. uh, So you you do a little Muay Thai. Yeah.
1: yeah. Oh
0: my god! So uh, I train Muay Thai myself. So maybe we should oh, spar. No. Maybe we should do a little sparring, oh. light, light sparring. Don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. A little light sparring, <laughs> you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 friendly spar. Yeah. <laughs> oh nice
0: Did you ever think about competing in that? Maybe.
1: Absolutely not. Definitely not. Hundred <laughs> percent not. Like, <laughs> like in the UK, we have these things called like white collar boxing matches, and it's basically two amateurs. They train for like ten weeks with somebody, and then they get in the ring for charity. And um no, I won't even do that. Sorry. <laughs> I would prefer to do a triathlon or anything else, but I'm not doing that for charity. I'm really sorry. <laughs>
0: now, now what got so. you now what got you into fitness? What got you into fitness?
1: Um so when we moved back home, um, obviously I'd like finished school and then went up to Manchester for university, um and did uni as good as i could and what i meant by that is just drank and ate crap constantly um, <laughs> i don't really remember it to be honest but um yeah i gained quite a lot of weight okay. and i was like the first in the family to go to university and then um, graduate so i knew that my face would be on everyone's wall do you know what i mean so it was quite a lot of pressure <laughs> with the little square hat so um i basically stuck like went straight into the gym in third year of university and sorted myself out because I didn't want to graduate the size I was. I didn't feel comfortable with that. So um I got into the gym and didn't fall in love with it at first, to be honest. Like I found it a real struggle because it was completely something that I hadn't done before. Um, but obviously with uh grit and determination to make sure I wasn't a fatty on the wall, um, I lost all my weight and graduated the size that I wanted to graduate. And then my mom was like, cool, so now you're going to go be an event manager. And I was like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to plan fun for everyone else and not have any fun. Yes. Um, but she was like, what do you want to do? And I was like, I just love the gym. I just want to be in the gym. And then that's when I decided to train to be a personal trainer. And then I worked my way up in the fitness industry and become a gym manager.
0: Wow. Okay. And it, was that where you found your, your love? I mean, the, the, the eventual love and passion for it?
1: Yeah, so I've always um, loved like helping people. I just obviously didn't realise um, just how much so. Obviously, now it's gone down the mindset route, which I absolutely adore. Um, but the fitness, obviously, was the first sort of me helping people and being there, supporting and stuff. Um, and yeah, I, I loved it. And then um, when I went into the management side of things, that's when I started to feel um, really disconnected to why I'd got into the industry. Um, and obviously, as the manager. Oh. To deal with all the crap, basically. Oh. <laughs>
0: so, um, Could you repeat that? Because you broke up I'll a little bit. I'm very sorry. Yeah, you, you broke up sorry. a little bit. Could you repeat that last part again? Please. Thank you.
1: Yeah, so I was just saying, um, once I got into the management side of things, that I felt really, like, disconnected because, obviously, I wasn't really helping or supporting clients as much um, and obviously, as the manager, you just basically get given all the crap jobs, don't you? Like everyone comes to complain to you about their lofters or whatever, um, about their schedules and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah.
0: So it's kind of like if you like pizza, but then you work at a pizza place and you go, you know what, I don't like pizza anymore. And that's what that's like, I guess, in a way, you know? <laughs> I mean, I mean, When you
1: eat too much pizza.
0: Yeah. And yeah, then you work at a pizza place, you go, like, you know what? I don't want pizza. I want something else. So, yeah, yeah. I guess that's what it's like. Hold on for a second. My, my phone went off. So, okay. I guess we're, we're having a lot of technical difficulties here, but we're going to get this down. But that's what it's like. So, okay. So you're in the gym, you're working out. Okay. So then where did the motorsports love come in? Because I, I saw an interview with you, and you said it best that's your happy place. And I tell people all the time there's no place like a racetrack. I mean, I love I love where I'm at 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 all times. I love the gym. I love riding my you know my bicycle. My love my motorcycle. But to me, there's no place like a racetrack. Where did that love of motorsports yeah. come in? So
1: um, it started off when I was a real little girl um, and stuff like that. Like he's not a massive football fan or like um soccer fan sorry um he's always been into motorsport and then obviously when my um he likes soccer but he doesn't love soccer um so then when my parents divorced obviously um I just stopped watching it because my mum didn't care Um, and then first year of university I actually moved out to LA for a couple of months to do like a summer exchange And I was working as a lifeguard um, there, and uh, met a boy. And um, (laughs) this boy was a racing driver. So he took me to like quite a few tracks. (laughs) Yeah.
0: You were in LA.
1: Oh. (laughs) Fantastic. I'll be froze again.
0: Okay, okay. But you were in in LA, like the LA, LA, like Hollywood LA.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) And you were on the beach. So you basically were Baywatch. You were learning Baywatch
1: oh come on okay so not not quite we did have to wear red six flags okay you know the the water park i can't actually remember what it's called now yes um so yeah but i was in red um (laughs) i can't i can't think what the water park's called that something six flags anyway okay um so yeah anyway he took me to quite a few racetracks it sort of ignited i was like oh Oh my God. Yeah. Like, I love this. And then when I moved back home um, and started working in this fitness industry, I come across, well, one of my clients was a grid um, in the UK. And basically she was like, Oh, I really want to train and get like abs because her like mid drift was out. Yeah. And she was like, Oh, you should definitely come down for an interview. And I was like, I'm like, half naked standing like outside, you know? Um, So, anyway, I went for the interview in the end because she was like, come down to Brand Hatch. Like, you'll love it, honestly. It's not like that. Come down. So I went down there and instantly was like, yeah, I need to be here. Like, this is great. And, um, you know, as times have gone on, grid girls' outfits have become more clothing, which is good. So we're not half naked anymore. Um, So, yeah, so that was my sort of foot in the door. Yeah. I was a grid, uh, and I just wanted a little bit more from motorsport and I wanted to... um, give give more do you know i mean rather than just stand holding a ball i wanted to give more so i went into like the head of hospitality side of things and started working with um team sponsors and stuff like that which was really really fun and then obviously covid hit so i got the text from the team i was working with saying oh we don't need you because and i just got really really upset because like i have said like motorsport was my happy place so (laughs) Um, in 2019 and 18, I was going through like a really rough patch, which is basically what my book's about. And um, going to track, it just let me just be me and just release all of crap, basically, and just not focus on anything else. So it was definitely my happy place. And then obviously when I got told that I wasn't needed, I was like, no, 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 absolutely not. Like, I need to make sure that my role in motorsport is needed, regardless pandemic or not. So, (laughs) um, hence, I trained to be a mindset coach in motorsport.
0: So, yeah. Oh my, that is great. You know, I like that you made that you drew a line in the sand. Goes no, I need my sport, my my right here. This is where I'm going to be, and you can't tell me any any other thing, right? This is what I'm doing. What is it about motorsport that drew you? Is it is it the sound? Is it the smell? Is it the speed? What is exactly that, that that ignites the passion? Oh, man. I, I think she broke is she broke
1: up. Um, yeah, the sound as well, but I would say definitely the speed. And it's just, for me, like, it's the, um, what the guys, like, basically the mindset that they get into to get into the car to then drive it around. Do you know what I mean? Like, unfortunately, I've seen quite a few um, um, crashes in the past month. I'm not too sure what's going on in the most motors- world, but there's been quite a few completely and then still get in the car and race. That to me absolutely baffles me. Um, And I well it doesn't baffle me because now I know the tools, but before I was like, how are they doing these? Like these guys must be like superhuman. Do you know what I mean? So it was always that how they can physically push themselves to these limits.
0: Oh man, I don't know why you're breaking up a little bit, and I apologize. I think it's on your end. I don't know what it is. You're oh, breaking up. I mean, I heard. You, I heard you. I know you said how they could push themselves after they crash and get back in, and had that mindset, which is, I don't know how they do it either between with uh, professional athletes like that. Because I mean, if I crash, I think that it, 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 I'm done for the day.
1: I think she's broken up. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Give me two. Let me just
0: make sure everyone else is off the Wi-Fi. Give me two. Oh, no, yeah. No worries. No worries. No worries. No worries. Yes. Yes. Oh, man. I hate that, you know. But if she can, you know, fix it on her end, because it's her end, right? Yeah. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Oh, I hate that. You know? Sorry. right. We'll, we'll get it. Sorry. No, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. We were having a tough time with the connection. There's like
1: four million people that live in this house, so. Oh, oh really? Oh, okay. and everyone has to be home, of course, when we're.
0: You live at home with your with your parents, right, or your mom? So
1: I live with my dad, my brother, and my two sisters, and my dog. <laughs> well, you have an English. So,
0: you have an English bulldog, right? I
1: do. I do. You're trying to
0: be like Lewis He's Hamilton. Just pushing, like, yeah, you heard- yeah,
1: he's just pushed him right into the room now and now I'm making noise. So he's probably going to get a pen thrown at him or something in a minute. Cause- <laughs>
0: <No>. <laughs> oh, no. dear. No. So, okay, so we yeah. talked about the, the motorsport. So, how did you decide to become uh, like a, 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 a coach for that? Like a, the mindset coach for that, for like a motorsport yeah. coach?
1: So, um- basically I uh, started working with life coaches myself um, early 2020 Um, and one of them basically introduced me to journaling and basically saying anything negative you have in your head or well yeah anything negative that's where we started off with just basically not in your mind anymore and from that I then realized that I wanted to write a book and basically start like I characterized everything and basically made myself obviously super like you know gorgeous and anyone who's ever been horrible to me super horrible and you know really, really you know made it sound great and then another life coach because I stopped working with that life the first life co- life coach I then went into like a group program setting and um, the life coach there knew a publisher so she introduced me to the publisher and he was like, this is great, but it needs to be nonfiction. So it needs to be real and relatable. People need to, it just, we don't want a story. We want like the truth, basically, right. which really, really scared me. However, obviously I listened because he knows what he's doing. So through that process and then me actually starting to write the book, I then realized, well, who the hell am I to write a book and share all the tools and techniques that I use if I'm not qualified? Because if people come to me and say, I love your book I really like the tools that you're doing can you help me I then have to say oh I'm really sorry no I can't because I'm not I'm not trained right um and also in the UK like obviously I love NHS and I'm not liking it at all however with mental health and um, the waiting lists are just so because it's obviously such a stretched program and we just don't have the resources to help everyone. So I personally was on the waiting list from November 2019 until August 2020. I didn't get a call for that whole time, wow. which is obviously absolutely shocking and just not acceptable really. So my mission was right, if I can write a book and if I can help anyone not, you know, want to end their life just by reading my book and then if they drop me a message and say hi, you know, is there any way that you could help me further? I'm not saying I'm a doctor, I'm not a scientist, I'm not a therapist, but I am a mindset coach. And so I just wanted to make sure that me putting a product out to the world, I could back it myself rather than send them somewhere else, if that makes sense.
0: Wow. Wow. Okay. So listen, and I know, and you don't have to answer if you don't want to, but I know you said, and just seeing your pictures and everything, I saw how happy you were and how and jovial and 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 just everything. I mean, a great smile, everything. And then I, you know, read your thing for your book, and you said, you know, at one point you hit a deep depression and you weren't yourself. And I don't know if you want to talk about it, maybe a little bit, whatever. Like you said, you hit rock bottom. If and if, if you don't want to, that's fine. But like, like, like what happened to lead you down there, that, down that road?
1: Um, yeah, I'm happy to talk about it. So, um, it was back in uh two. 19, late 2008, oh. gym job thought was going to make me when, be happy when, and like, you know, all these different, you know, spots in our life as to when we're going to be happy. However, I got this promotion. Danielle,
0: Danielle. Are we good? Well, uh, anyway, can you repeat that? I beg you broke up a little bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to ask you again. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. You you broke up. You broke up on your end. So I'm gonna ask you again, like exactly what happened, and uh, yeah, the depression and how it set in and when it hit rock bottom. So we had to ask again because you you were breaking up. So I apologize. Okay, sorry. Okay, yeah. Go ahead.
1: So are you going to ask the question again, or you just want me to go?
0: Yeah, just go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just go. Yeah, (laughs) and it's on your end. I don't know what it is on your end. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. I don't know how to make this better. I've like got my phone on everything. Um, I can change location. Do you want me to change up location? Let's give it a shot.
0: <laughs> I guess we can give it a shot. I guess. Yeah. yeah. I guess we can. You never know. You never know.
1: Okay. We're moving. Tour of the house. Here we go. Oh, thanks.
0: I appreciate <laughs> it. Seriously.
1: <laughs> I love it. Right. Let's try the front room and see what happens in here. All right. Okay.
0: Well, how do you get, wait, how do you get privacy with all those people in your house, by the way?
1: I, I don't, so. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> it's like the bane of my life at the minute. You know, I, I feel
0: that if I went over to the UK, I literally could sneak in your house and live there for maybe a week and nobody would know I was there.
1: No, we'd hear you. <laughs> <laughs> You're like me. You're very loud, <laughs> which is great. Don't ever change. <laughs> okay.
0: All right. Let's try. I think, I think this is going to be a better one here. Okay. So let's try okay. it again. I'll so say you went through uh, your depression. What happened when you hit rock bottom? What happened? What happened?
1: Okay, so it was uh, late 2018, early 2019. And I basically was just got my promotion for my gym job. And you know, when you always um, say, I'll be happy when, and then you basically have a point in your head that, oh, if I get that job, then I'll be super happy. However, I got the job and it was just ridiculous. It was horrible. <laughs> I hated everything about it. Okay. Um, and at the same point, um, there was lots of um, drama going on back home between my stepmom and my dad because my stepmom, bless her, she was struggling with alcoholism. And um, my dad works away all the time. So he builds wind farms um, and he's never home, basically. So it was all heating up quite a lot back home. And basically, my dad called me and said, Can you leave your job, come home, and help? me with your little sisters and I was like oh okay fair enough and I literally remember like getting the call and thinking well life can't get any worse because I'm miserable as it is so I might as well quit and then I can obviously come back to this in a year's time or whatever anyway moved back home to look after my two little sisters um and then my stepmom passed away in the January 2019 um so for me it was just complete well, it was a shock for everyone, not just for me, but for me personally, I always told myself this was going to be like a six months to a year stepping stone as such. Um, obviously hoping that my stepmom would um, go to rehab, sort herself out, and then obviously I could get the green card to go. Um, however, she passed away. So I was like, oh, cool, this, this is great. I now have, you know, two kids that are not mine, but obviously I love dearly. Um, I've got no job. Uh, I live back home with my dad. Um, and at the time I was 26 and like quite a lot of my friends were like in serious relationships. One was getting married. Like, do you know what I mean? Everyone's sort of moving on. And in my head, I took a massive step back, completely lost my identity because I'm now not somebody who works in a gym. I just sit at home. Um, and yeah, I just started spiraling down from there. Um, and then quite a few other things happened throughout the year, like nothing major, but just, you know, arguments here, like didn't feel like I could relate with my friends anymore because they were still going out and I've got to sort of babysitters and make sure that two girls, do you know what I mean? It was just like chaotic. So I just sort of pulled back from everyone that was close to me because I didn't feel like I, I felt like I was the black sheep in, in the group. I didn't feel like I was like worthy enough to be their friends anymore, to be honest. Um, and then um, I got into a relationship with a racing driver um, and everything was going great but then it wasn't really going great. But because I was super happy when I was with him or I had joy when I was with him, I just basically clung to him like, Oh my God, this is my way out. This is great. I can't wait. And basically suffocated him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we've all done before. I'm sure. Um, and then, <laughs>
0: yeah. I'm not going to say anything. Not going to say anything. Okay. okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah. So then, um, yeah so then basically another like quite traumatic thing happened but unfortunately that wasn't really in my life so I don't really like to share that because it's not my story to tell but something else happened um and then come December the relationship broke down just everything was crumbling around me and I just felt like what literally all I would say to myself is what is the point what is the point of my existence I don't understand anymore and I, I'm out. Like I'm, I'm done. I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. Do you know what I mean? We talking so, about life.
0: Uh, Were you talking about life?
1: Yeah, yeah, life. Yeah. <laughs> um, which I was very lucky. Like my mum can read me like a book, which is good. Um, and I have a very, very, very close friend that I can tell her absolutely anything, and she'll never give me her opinion or you know, um, like judge me or anything like that. She's very. She just listens. Like she would be a perfect coach, to be honest um and luckily them two could pick like picked up on my super low energy do you know what I mean just every I'd snap at everyone I was just I was just horrible to be around to be honest um but obviously in my head I was like well there's just no point in being nice or striving for anything because you're not going to get anywhere like you're just stuck basically there's no way out um anyway I decided to tell my mom that I'm going to Amsterdam for Christmas and I'm skipping Christmas because I'm a bit of a Grinch I don't like Christmas as it is and um, I said to her, I was like, I can't, I can't fake happy at Christmas. Like that will push me over the edge. So I need to go for my own sanity. I was like, you can, don't worry about presents. You know I mean, I don't need socks or anything like that. Just let me go. And she was like, okay, fine. If that's what you want to do, then you go. And then obviously in the new year, we'll reevaluate. Which it was probably the best trip of my life because I felt that one, I could talk to all the strangers on the bus about my crappy life. Um, I got blindly drunk and had so much fun with these strangers <laughs> um, I saw things that you should probably should never see but Amsterdam is a pretty beautiful place that likes to you know enrich your life so I was just I was distracted but at the same time completely releasing the year and just having the best time of my life and then on the way home like my mum texted me and was like oh I hope you've had a great time like we're so excited to see you and I was just like oh like They've, they've missed me do you know what I mean like yeah. which obviously I know if I'd done something not silly but if I if I'd listened to the the unkind mind in my head then of course they would have missed me like you know however when you're in that hole like you just don't see it you're just you you don't know how to get out so you're right. just like right well I'm just gonna throw the towel in like I'm done now um however coming home I come home had a conversation with my mum and during that time she'd got in contact with this life coach that I then started working with. Um, and she basically was like, look, my daughter's in like serious need of help. Is there any way you can help her? Which then that's how the whole life coach thing started. Cause obviously if I was waiting for the NHS to give me a call, then I would have had to wait till August, which is just ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. So, um, by then I'd already started writing my book and was completely new humans. So yeah, so I'm very grateful for my mom and the life coach and Amsterdam because it's a great place. I highly recommend. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so Amsterdam basically heals you. Amsterdam helped you in your healing basically.
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Now,
0: did, did you worry that since you were around alcoholism, were you worried that you, that you were going to go down that road or become an alcoholic? I mean, cause you were around it and I don't know, sometimes um,
1: I don't, <clears throat> I don't think in the moment I was worried about it. Um, I would say like now, well, not now, but like now, especially in lockdown, like England, that's what everyone's done. They've turned to alcohol because they haven't got work in the morning. Right. Right. So um, everyone's just been drinking, which I think for me, well, well, I wouldn't say I'm an alcoholic. I'm definitely not an alcoholic, but at the same time, like, you just, do you know what I mean? It's just, it's just habit now. Well, no, that sounds like an alcoholic. But what I'm trying to say is obviously I'm definitely more conscious of it. Okay. And sometimes I do say like, oh, Dan, do you know what I mean? Like you don't really need a glass of wine with dinner. But at the same time, it's just sort of like, oh, well, it's dinner, so let's have a glass of wine. Do you know what I mean? Yes. I feel like England's very bad for that, to be honest.
0: I I think the whole world is. I mean, I think the United States is the same thing also. I just think sometimes people... They feel like uh, you know if it's if, if social, we'll just have a drink for social, and, try, and it's not. And I think it's 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 masking other problems. But it look like the, it's a social drink. It's just it's a Tuesday, man. Come on, we just got off work, or hey, it's so-and-so's birthday, or blah, blah blah. And I think it's masking a lot of stuff. You know, what I mean, I'm not a big drinker, but I don't you know pass judgment. I understand if that sometimes that's what people need, for whatever for to to get a little bit loose. But I get it. But sometimes it's like I just think there's a problem underneath that. At the same time,
1: yeah, definitely, 100%. you know, hundred percent. Um, and yeah, I can definitely relate to that. Um, there's a bit in my book about it, and um, one coach introduced me to it and it's called fan and it's basically face it, um, avoid or numb it. and before I would massively numb all of my feelings through alcohol, through just binging Netflix or you know scrolling Instagram, like I wouldn't actually ever feel whatever the emotion was because I was scared of the like you know feeling it basically, obviously avoiding, um well avoiding could be like shopping online um just like you know things that you how you can avoid and then obviously the the feel it is the, the the f but um yeah it wasn't until I like really started talking to different coaches about things that you don't realize um what is down there that you are suppressing do you know what I mean and I think that was another thing as to why I felt so bad at the end of 2019 is because I was just suppressing everything. I didn't talk to anyone about anything because I felt like they would judge me for basically being miserable. You know what I mean? They're like, Oh, well you chose to quit your job. So you shouldn't actually be upset about it. And I'm like, well,
0: (laughs) yeah. Okay. Well, here's an honest question. And and I mean, it's from the bottom of my heart. It's not being, it's going to sound bad, but hear me out. Is that, did you feel that sometimes, I mean, if you're going through something and being a, 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 a pretty woman like yourself, did you feel like if you tell, say, say a guy, hey, I'm going through this, that they would listen only because it was an ulterior motive? if that makes any sense. You know what I mean? Because I think sometimes if you're a pretty girl and you're going, man, I'm going through this and and, you, and they're going to listen only because they're going, well, hey, I catch her in her lowest moment, then I'm going to seize it or capitalize it. And But that's just the truth. I'm being dead serious because honestly, you're a very beautiful woman. I mean, I'm not, you're effervescent. You have a beautiful smile and every all the videos and everything, you're just having a great time. And I just feel sometimes when you, when you see somebody, you know, at the basics, we're humans. I mean, we're animals. At the basic level, we're animals. And if you see that moment of weakness, I think sometimes some people will try to uh, capitalize on that. So, did you feel that if you try to open yourself up to a man or something like that, that they were kind of capitalize on your on your looks or, or, or at your weakest moment?
1: Um, I'm gonna say no. Because I I don't feel like my relationship in 2019 was ever anything like that. Like I'd known him for quite a few years before. um, And yes, it just sort of stumbled and happened. Do you know what I mean? Um, But but I don't think he was ever, oh, she's weak. So let's pray as such. Um, And then once that shut down, that was it. I just shut down then. So now I'm like an ice. because I just don't I don't let any any males really in like I have I've had a male coach which I actually said to him I was like I don't know if we're gonna work together because obviously you're male and he was like (laughs) what and I was like I don't know I don't know how this is gonna work um however he's like the most loving like kindest person ever and then now obviously my manager he's obviously male um and yeah it's like it's actually I feel like I'm now I'm trusting men again, if that makes sense.
0: No, trust me. No, I mean, trust me. I, I know the, fa- but that's why I asked though. And it was an honest question and it came from an honest place. Like I said, I try not to sound like I am creepy, but it's just an honest place. <laughs> I mean, cause I mean, you know, I just know how sometimes people can be. And when it's a pretty woman involved, it's like, I just know how sometimes people can be. And, and like I said, you're hurting emotionally and that's when people are vulnerable. And when you're mm-hmm. vulnerable, you know, there's, I don't know about you there's anxiety involved and and then it's come you know trust you're looking for somebody who can trust and if somebody fakes a trust and that is the worst feeling in the world and that will make you shut down even worse than before if somebody fakes a trust yeah. you know so that's why, and that's why I asked the question i think
1: what um, what really happened to be honest, the breakup was probably the best thing that happened to me because it well obviously it was terrible but it was the best thing that happened because it instantly just made me hate everyone like, <laughs> every man. it did it just like I was like right men I'm not I'm done and then on the like in January 2020 I was like right this is the year you focus on you and you only and it wasn't until probably I don't know maybe even the September that I actually thought oh well I suppose men are okay like, do you know what I mean? So yeah, there was no there was no way there was gonna be a man coming in to like hurt me when I was already down because fucking I had the gun up ready. Do you know
0: what I mean? Like, whoa, I was whoa ready. no guns, no guns. You've been in America too long. You've been in America too long, no guns. So <laughs> Love it.
1: paintball guns, paintball guns. Did,
0: did you listen to a lot of Beyoncé? Like all the single ladies? All the single yeah. did you did you get lot, did you get to Queen B on your side? And you're like, Yeah, no men, know, men at all. <laughs> <Love that>. <laughs> well, <laughs> let's talk about the book the mindset mission because i liked it uh what what it talked about like the um i think the first chapter is something with bullshit wasn't it i i, I it, what, what's the name of that first chapter
1: uh oh good question um, <laughs> it's um it's just all the bullshit it's yeah. yeah all the bullshit and then the next like the next part is like um when all the shit hits the fan
0: and all this shit did hit the fan and how you got yeah. through it. And, and, and it was what, through journaling and you're a big meditator. I, tell how meditation helps with you.
1: Oh, literally, it's incredible. So literally, it's um, a year like this month um, that I met my meditation coach. Um, and we had a podcast earlier today and I was laughing about it, just saying like, "Can it's literally a year this month, which is madness. But um, yeah, I started um, dabbling. I'll call it dabbling. because I definitely it wasn't a routine and I didn't have a clue what I was doing. Um, but yeah, I started dabbling in meditation probably in about May in 2020. And that was literally because um, you must know, do you know Callum Best?
0: I, it sounds familiar. Have you heard it? Why? Yeah, so
1: George, George Best used to be a really um, famous English footballer or soccer player. Yes, yes. Alan Alan Best is his his son. Okay. And he's very, very good looking. Um, Anyway, I was following him on Instagram because obviously you have to eye candy. And um, he started doing this series called The Conscious Living. I'm still human, like, do you know what I mean? I hated men, but I still had to look, right? (laughs) Anyway, he he started doing this series called Conscious Living and basically was inviting different coaches on – to deliver meditations and just like, you know, talking and motivation and stuff. Anyway, he invited this one lady on called Jill and I just absolutely fell in love with her voice and just the the meditation I just transported every single time she spoke. And I was like, wow, like this is what it's meant to be like, not me just sitting in the garden with my headphones on looking at birds. Do you know what I mean? Like you can actually go places in meditation. So then anyway, so then I got introduced to my meditation teacher who taught me to be a coach Um, And again, like it was just the way he structured like the meditation and you'd always do like a full body relaxation beforehand. And it was just absolutely beautiful. Um, So then I decided, yeah, I definitely want to train myself, but I wanted to do it for a more of a healing process. So I went on his 10 week meditation training course um, and every single week you had a meditation that obviously you had to learn yourself and then teach to others. But I went on there solely to deepen my relationship with myself and just enjoy these meditations and you know see what come out of the meditations um so yeah so that's basically how I fell in love with meditation and then obviously now I have like a monthly um zoom class that I do it was weekly but I've now changed it to monthly so so
0: if I were to say if I were to say hey you know I want to learn how to meditate what exactly do i do for a beginner like i want to you know get into a good place mentally because and we talk i think you talk i think you talk about that in the book about mind clutter you know how do you get that? because i i i have a hard time focusing you know what i mean i, I that's why i call it tales from the gemini i'm a gemini i can talk to you one minute next thing oh no i oh you know something shiny and then sudden, i'm like a squirrel like oh my god tree and like what was i talking to you about and I'm, over, I'm, I'm everywhere so if i if a, as a beginner like myself i go hey I want to meditate. I want to get my mind. I want to slow my mind down. I really want to focus on this. What would you tell me like a beginner?
1: Okay. So um, I think I'd put it in the book, but basically there's like a couple elements to a meditation that I think are really important. So number one, your environment, making sure that obviously you're really comfortable and you're in a quiet, calm setting, like, there's no point doing it at your desk at work when the phone's going off or if your kid's running around throwing paint everywhere. Do you know what I mean? Like you need to make sure that you're locked away and that you can actually just let yourself surrender. Um, Number two, obviously if you're brand, brand new, then I would literally stick to eight minutes, 10 minutes max, just because Um, anything longer than that, you are going to get bored and start getting irritated and fidgety and stuff. Um, And then also, like, you know, there's so many myths about meditation. So one being that you've got to do it for hours on end, two being that you're not allowed to think at all throughout the meditation. Like it's a complete myth. All you've got to do is just one, focus on your breath. um, And then if thoughts do come in, that's completely fine because it might actually be something that your soul or your kind mind is trying to tell you. Okay. Um, so it's not about shutting thoughts down completely. It's just about becoming aware of them and then bringing your focus back to your breath. So it's basically just training yourself to focus. That's what meditation is.
0: Wow. Okay. Okay. I just want to know for somebody like myself, because I've, I've always wanted to meditate and get into that. And, and here you're talking about meditation. I'm, I want I'm to ask you, I'm, uh, I'm putting you out there, I'm putting you on the spot as a meditation coach that's that's what i'm doing right now
1: love it well yeah come to our class definitely i don't know about the time difference though i recalled it so i can send it to you
0: oh you should i mean honestly you should and i honest why didn't you stay in la because i mean honestly <laughs> it just- it's like you're you're perfect for that you're perfect for that place i mean you walk into a casting office like all right she's got the she's got the role if she can just <laughs> say her name she's got it. so why didn't you stay out there when you were in LA, um,
1: it was just a it was just a summer job. So um just through university, they they came to loads of universities in England, and was like, oh, who wants to come to? Well, there was actually quite a few places you could have gone in America. Mm-hmm. um, One of them being like New England, and I was like, where the hell's that? I'm not going there. <laughs> like, Absolutely not, LA or New England. No, I'm good. Um, So uh, yeah, and I was just really lucky that I got picked for LA. So yeah, it was great. You were great.
0: Yeah, you are L.A. all the way. I mean, you. I mean, you would. You would be perfect for that. No, I'm serious. You'd be perfect for that place. I, there's. You could have a show there. I could see that happening. I mean, honestly, you have that look. You've got the with the with the coach thing going on. It's perfect for you. You should. You should try to come back out.
1: Well, you really never sh- say never. You know what I mean? Never say never.
0: <laughs> what well, I mean, you really should, and also with well, and, and with motorsports, you could come over with the indie. Like, where do you want to be in motorsports? Do you want to be like an, uh, IndyCar coach, or do you like uh, the or is the eventual goal maybe F one?
1: Yeah, so F one's the dream. Um, I've already pictured it. I will be a part of Red Bull because it's my favorite team, um, and I love Christian Horner and Jerry Halliwell. So I need to be a part of that. <laughs> oh my but, yeah.
0: God! Yeah, you know, you know what? I like Christian Horner, but I just okay. Well, I'm gonna put you on the spot then. When <laughs> when it was uh, when it was Hamilton and Max and an accident at Silverstone, who whose fault you think it was, or was it a racing incident? So, no, so, it was
1: Hamilton. Hamilton's full, 100%. <laughs> Hamilton's full, 100%. <laughs> That's
0: Sorry. a homer call. You know what? That's you getting a job with Red Bull. That's you getting a job <laughs> with Red Bull, so good for you. No, I mean, that. Good. I, I thought it was a racing incident. I really did. I mean, even though... You know, I, I love him. With I love Mad Max. I really do. I, I love Hammy. Of course I love Hammy. I think he's great. I, I, love, I love what he does off the track also, which is great. But I just really think it was a racing incident, and I think they amped it up too much, and I, th- and I still think they're amping it up way too. But I think they have to do it because there's not enough close racing in, in F1 like it used to be, and that's what I miss. And yeah. I think they had to go, okay, let's go all in on, on this incident here to so, so get people to watch. But I thought it was a racing incident And I thought what Hammy did was Whoa, it was great And then he went to to Hungry And oh, that was great too So this season is great
1: I still haven't watched Hungry Because I was at a racetrack that weekend And then, I know And then I come home to watch it And it's not recorded And I was just like... And then also, I just haven't had the time to, like, actually, like, you know, find it and watch it. But apparently, it was, like, one of the best races ever. So, I need to watch it.
0: Well, duh. I mean, mean, (laughs) seriously, duh. It is one of the greatest races. And you're going to see. I'm not going to ruin it for you. But... One of the greats of all time shows that why he's one of the greats of all time. And I'm not going to say who it was, and but you'll see. <laughs> and let me tell you something. That race was lit. Matter of fact, that was the best race of the season. So I'm not going to say. Really? Okay. Yeah. So when we get through here, I want that's, that's your homework assignment. I want you to watch. Yeah, that's what you, I'm
1: doing tonight.
0: <laughs> I want you to watch the, the, the F1 hungry race. That was incredible. So, yeah, I want to see you in F1 as a coach. I think that'd be great. Would you, would you love to work with Mad Max of all of them?
1: Oh, 100% hundred percent literally and what,
0: and what would you tell him what would you tell him like, like like okay let's just say let's just say after the wreck after the accident in silverstone if he came back to the to the you know everything calmed down what would you say to him like he's pissed off as a performance coach what would you say to him what would you say to max afterwards
1: okay so he wouldn't be pissed off anymore because we would already have had a session in between the two sessions like the two tracks to calm him down Um, However, I would just be like, look, you are so close to, again, being at the top of the championship. That's the focus. Don't worry about Hamilton. Don't worry about what he's doing. You're here to focus on you. You are obviously um, an incredible driver. And I'd show him all the evidence of how incredible he is just to give him his confidence back. And yeah, go on, go do your thing.
0: Okay. I'll be Max and you be you, okay? I'm sick of this. Yeah. It's Hamilton. He put me into the, the tires. I'm sick of him. I don't know what to do
1: right now. I'm just, I don't know. Okay. What, would, what would you say? So first of all, I'm super happy that you're feeling your feelings. Like, I'm really proud of you for actually getting it out. You don't know so. me,
0: Danielle. You don't know me. <laughs>
1: <sighs> right, there's no need to be bitchy. Um. I'm
0: not bitching <laughs> you, Danielle. I'm not bitching you or Christian. I just want to win this championship and Hamilton put me in the wall.
1: I love that I would literally get some meditation music on (laughs) while he's having his little sit and I would just sit there and just let the music calm him down and then when he's ready to rationally speak then we can have a quick session
0: and (laughs) scene and
1: yes (laughs) You smashed
0: that. Well done. <laughs> no, you smashed that. You smash I, I'm the one that goes to acting class to, uh, th- three times a week. So, you know, of course I smashed that. That's what I do. <laughs> I'm just putting you on the spot now. That's what, that's what we got. We're doing an interactive. We're doing an interactive session right now, is what we're doing. So I'm just putting you on the spot. What was that like when the book was completed? What was that feeling like when you, when you got picked up by your, uh, your manager and, 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 and by uh, who's the publishing company?
1: Uh, that guy's house
0: yeah that guy's when you got picked up what was that feeling like and was it where was it did you cry or was it like a sense of
1: (sighs) (laughs) sorry um so the day that the publisher said he wanted to sign me um honestly I can't describe in words like and sometimes when I'm having like a bad day I'll actually just go back I'll meditate and go back to that day and just be like feel what you was feeling that day and I can't describe it it was literally like there's cloud nine I was like way way above cloud nine um I was just proud I like literally tingling everywhere just so excited um obviously nervous but just like oh my god he wants to sign my book like that's incredible and then obviously I had to rewrite the whole book so that process was difficult because obviously he wanted me to have it as non-fiction whereas I'd started writing it as a fiction so that was quite um difficult because he'd want me to, to get well, no he never put pressure on me that's not where I'm coming from but obviously he would set a, a deadline as such for a chapter okay. especially like the first part of the book obviously it's quite hard hitting so having to like rewrite that and actually make sure it's truth and it's my story um, that was quite difficult because obviously I was just having to relive it, really. Um, but yeah, it was absolutely incredible. Like him saying he wanted to sign the book was amazing. Getting a manager was super fun um, yeah. because I was like, oh, what does that mean? I don't know what that means. Like, um, And yeah, Chris is just amazing. So I'm super grateful for him. But yeah, I suppose the book actually arriving was probably a day that I expected more if that sounds, if that
0: sounds okay. in what way sounds bad. no no like in, what uh, way?
1: in what way I don't know I always visualized it to be sort of like well not birthday obviously but a birthday of the book do you know what I mean like finally holding my book I thought it was going to be so like amazing and just you know feel proud and however my unkind mind kicked in and I was like oh my god like the book is not big enough like that meaning thick wires um then my brother started reading it and found a couple mistakes and I was like, Oh my God, Oh my God. Like I need to change it. Is it too late? And it just turned into like a bit of a panic. But then again, I say in the book, like I've always strove, like uh, wanted to, you know, be perfect, which doesn't exist. Right. I know. Um, but at the same time, I was like, I can't send a book out into the world and have these mistakes. So it was just a very, it was an overwhelming day. I think just one, having the book in your hand and then, Obviously, it not being as big as I expected it to be and then finding a couple mistakes, I just went into a bit of a panic mode. But it's all good because I now have a toolkit to calm myself down, so... <laughs>
0: Okay. So, so that, which, is, which I think is kind of, it's kind of funny that you sent a, a book out, you know, about, you know, the mental approach and everything, but it's not perfect. So you're, you're going through anxiety about, <laughs> about your book on mental health and everything. And, yeah. and so how did you get over that? How did you get over it? Did you meditate mm-hmm. over it? Or how, how did you get through the part of knowing this book's not perfect? Oh God, what do I do? <laughs> if I get called out on this shit, they're going to call me a fake. What I'm, <laughs> I mean, so, so How did you get over that?
1: Um, so I'm really lucky. I, um, still have an amazing group of coaches around me. Um, and I would never stop investing in myself cause I now know how important that is. Um, so yeah, so straight on the phone to a coach to vent and basically like you were just maxing, maxing out there, just <laughs> completely losing my head. Like, Oh my God, my book is a pamphlet. Nobody's going to read my book. Blah blah blah, blah 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 Um, and then, yeah, just coming back to the basics. So journaling about it, like, you know, is this an easy fix? Yes. I just have to message the editor, get them to change the slight mistakes and then we're back out again. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah. Just, just using my rational mind rather than my unkind mind, which just goes absolutely off the wall, telling me who am I to have written a book? Like you can't even spell. So how can you write a book? Well, there's editors for that. Do you know what I mean? So. Yeah.
0: That is, I, I love that. I mean, because if you follow, you got to follow Danielle on Instagram. It's great because what I thought was great was you were supposed to be doing something. I think with the book, and you were like, and you were, and you said it. You go, listen, I'm supposed to be doing this, but I'm going through Instagram. I'm doing. I'm, I'm. I'm like. I'm like avoiding this. And you said it, and I thought that was great because it's like you let people know we're not perfect. I mean, even though I'm trying to help you. I'm not perfect, but I'm getting through it. And if basically, if I'm getting through it, you can get through it. But if you see me, I'm procrastinating now. I'm supposed to be doing something, and I thought that was great. Like you said, I'm going through Instagram. I'm just looking for stuff. I'm shopping. I'm doing everything other than what I'm supposed to do. And I Literally, love that. I love that.
1: Yeah. And I love- I've always, um, I've always, you know, been quite well, not always from 2020 I was like right I'm always going to be authentic and I'm going to be the real me and you know I'm not here to offend anyone or hurt anyone but at the same time I'm not going to sugarcoat things anymore because that's how I've previously been and I'm like oh better not say this or better do you know what I mean not do this I don't want to hurt anyone and I'm like no like if I want to do something I'm going to do it so um and that's just basically how I've Again, with coaching, you know, you can't show up to a coaching session and not be your true, authentic self. Like, if that involves tears, if that involves anger, if that, whatever it is, you need to bring it to the session so then I can support you and help you in any way. Or, you know, when I'm being coached, I can't show up and pretend to be happy because I'm not going to get anything from the session. So, I think from having coaching sessions and knowing that you're safe and it's okay to be yourself. Right. I've then just trickled that out accidentally yeah. <laughs> onto social media and now in my everyday life. And, you know, even like this past two weeks, they haven't been easy, like having the book out out in the world and anyone can buy it. And the next day they can be reading my vulnerable story that has played with my mind. And I'm like, Oh crap. Like there's no going back now. Do you know what I mean? Like right. my book is out there for the rest of, of my life and beyond do you know what I mean it's not even like when I die the, di- the book dies like it's, it's out there now so that's been playing on my mind plus we've had like some family situations going on um as well we've got my nan's funeral tomorrow do you know what I mean like there's just so much um it's okay I'm fine but there's so much um emotions going on at the minute that I'm just like no I just need to just pull back slightly and just focus on me again so all weekend I've pretty much done nothing. Um, <laughs> what, what? I've been on a couple of dog walks and I've yeah. watched movies and I've ate pizza and I've just literally pizza. just
0: pizza always yeah. does it. Pizza always does it. I don't care what anybody says. If you're going through anything, get some pizza, you know, get seriously some get pizza. some pizza, watch some Netflix and go, you know what? It's going to be okay. Now, are you going to, are you going to read your own book to get you through it? I mean, that's the thing about are you going to get your own, are you going to read your own book to get you through that?
1: Well, obviously, luckily for me, the uh, the tools are in the head, so I don't have to keep reading the book. But um, yeah, I've been meditating like crazy, um, and I in the book I mention about Reiki as well, which I absolutely love. Um, I'm not um, like qualified in Reiki, but I have quite a few Reiki. Um, instructors that i go to what is is reiki
0: i don't know what reiki is so
1: reiki is basically um an energy um oh it's like an energy it's basically a meditation a really deep meditation but it focuses on your energy and how to align everything and make sure that you know your soul and you as a whole is like in line and ready to smash whatever it needs to smash and it talks about your different chakras so obviously you've got your crown chakra your heart chakra all different chakras and it basically tunes into all of those and just picks up on anything that shouldn't really be there um so i've had like two reiki sessions over the past two weeks just really tuning me back up i like to call it like a bit of like a mot really just make sure that everything's doing what it's meant to be doing um but yeah i've just been really focused on me and i just think it's so important like When we do feel like you're drowning or that everything's sort of, you're spinning so many plates. If you just stop and then just literally bring it back to you and just focus on you, then nine times out of 10, you have the answer and you can get through anything, but nobody really knows to stop and then just focus on them. They're like, oh, but I haven't got time and I've got to do this. And I've got to do this. And I literally caught myself saying that to my manager. I don't have time to do this. And he's just like, right, well, make time basically. Wow. And then I was like, right, I need to make time I'm like. <laughs> so um but yeah, you've always just sort of come back to you, which is probably probably my big tip for the, for this whole podcast. Focus well, on you and everything else will fall in line.
0: The answers are always inside you. Always answers are yeah, inside. Definitely. And and what I like about it and I mean coming from the United States that maybe if you picked that up when you were here is like a lot of people, you know, they they put the religious onus on it, and I like that it's not, you know, what I mean. I I don't know if you're a religious person or whatever, but I kind of like that aspect of it's No, it's not. It's within you and whatever, because you never. And now, are you a religious person or do you believe or not believe or atheist or not agnostic or whatever?
1: Yeah, no, I've just never really. It's my family's just never really been religious so I've never really thought about it to be honest obviously I've you know seen it in the world but yeah I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't uh choose to go to church so. I pass a couple no. churches
0: every now and then <laughs> 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 what
1: are them people doing over there what are them people doing over there
0: that's a church I heard about that church yeah okay I don't
1: know I always walk in and feel like oh god have I sinned and I'm like oh am I being judged I just feel pressure when I walk in so it's best best I don't go <laughs> Like, better not.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's a great man i'll also be like nah it's just best i don't even go in there nah. <laughs> he, he knows who i am
1: <laughs> i think I, that's
0: beautiful i really do he I mean,
1: really needs me he'll, he'll send me a sign and tell me to come to church i guess like i, I feel like he's got the job he doesn't need me
0: either, <laughs> well i like that that's beautiful i know i like that i really do i really do and i I love this. God, I love talking to you. I mean, I think that's great because, like I said, I love the fact that you're going through it and you have no problem telling people that you're going through it and that you're trying to get through it your damn self. And I tell you, but there's about three pictures that really do it for me. Obviously, the one at Silverstone, I love that picture. But there's the one where you're in the red dress and you're laughing and you have a a glass of wine And it's one of those laughs. It it looks like it's one of those best friends said something or it's with maybe, you know, a sibling where you have that laugh that only you guys think it's hilarious. But (laughs) that's the one I love the most, because that to me, that shows that no matter who you are and how happy somebody appears to be, there's always something underneath it you know, and that you're going through it. And if if, if I saw that without knowing your backstory, I'd be like, this girl's perfect. She don't have a care in the world. And knowing that you, you know, you do have problems like we all do. I think that's beautiful. And if you ever guys get a chance, please follow her on Instagram. It's Danielle underscore Simpson. And you'll see just to live a great life. And she even changes a tire. I watch you. I mean, don't get me wrong. It took you forever, but you changed the tire. And I like how you got mad like, don't yell at me! And you, <laughs> you were trying to get the tire off. So I'm like, oh yeah, if you were in a pit crew, yeah, they, they, they would have lost the race. I mean, no offense. It took forever. Oh, 100%. Crew. But, yeah. you
1: know, Red Bull, I can learn. I can learn. Do you know what I mean? So <laughs>
0: yeah, well, you know what? Red Bull is a lot better than uh, than what they did with uh, Valerie Botas when they could get his tire off that one race. Remember that? I felt. Okay, you know what? Plan. Maybe what you need to do. I know you want to go to Red Bull, but what you need to do is, if I were you, I would contact Valerie Botas and go hey, Listen, I know you're going through it because man, they are really screwing you over. So listen, here I am. You see me? I'm beautiful, and I have a book out. I can get you through it. I know Lewis is doing a job on you. I know you're all. Blah, 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 blah. I mean, I saw way too much of him on, you know, uh, on a Netflix documentary. I didn't want to see a naked Valerie Botas. Uh- Nobody, no wants, nobody wants to see a naked <laughs> Valerie both I love Valerie, but I don't want to see his naked butt. But anyway, so what you need to do is you need to, you need to email him, get your manager to talk to him, say, listen, Valerie, look, look, look at this performance coach. And you show up and he go, yeah, okay. And I guarantee you, he would probably be a champion the next season. No, seriously, he would be a champion the next season. If you walked in, I'd be like, all right, I'm all ears. And then you tell him about your book and then you read it. And I guarantee you, the next season, you win the championship. <laughs>
1: I love that. I love that. I'll get Chris on it straight away.
0: Well, I'm just saying, (laughs) I mean, if anybody is all cuckoo for Cocos right now, it's Valerie Botas. I mean, you see what he's been going through.
1: Yeah, I know he's had it hard for, for way long, too long now.
0: So you walk in, show him who you are. I mean, show him the Instagram first. He'll be like, okay, I'm listening. And then you walk in, he goes, <laughs> I'm really listening. And then you start talking, he goes, I am really, really, really listening. And then you show him the book and he goes, oh, wh- uh, how much do you want? And then next thing you, know, you you're working with Valerie. Ooh. You're wearing the shades. You're going all over. You're in Uzbekistan, wherever they go. You're going everywhere. <laughs> you're making money. You're like, I see you. I go, hey, what's up, Danielle? You go, I can't talk to EBT. I'm, I'm, I'm with Valerie oh, now. Oh,
1: never. I'll be yeah. like, come down to you." When they go, no, 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 you wouldn't. I'll
0: get you in. No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. But you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I My, kind. Of course, I would. <laughs>
0: hey, once you go F one, you never come back. You'd be like, BT, I'm sorry, I make way too much money now. I'm, I'm, I'm with Valerie. But listen, it was great chatting with you. You, you have a good life.
1: <laughs> that one time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what. Here's what we here's what we got to do. Uh, you got we got to meet up. We got to meet up at a Moto GP race sometime. Because Moto GP. Yeah, because I've never been. I've never been. Moto GP will change your life. I mean, even they say it. Even the Formula One guys know that Moto GP is the best. It's the best in town. It's the best form of racing in town. So we gotta go to Moto GP race, and I guarantee you'll change the way you think about life.
1: Okay. Definitely. Okay. Bikes scare me though, so that's why I've never, and, never dabbled.
0: And that's why you should go because you gotta do what scares you. You know why? Because <laughs> it makes you. True. It makes you focus more. Because if you do something like, yeah. if you keep doing something all the time, you kind of get a little lax. But if you do something that kind of scares you, you're going to be all in and you're going to be focused. And then you go in, and let me tell you something, a lot of those kids need to be coached. I mean, I mean that. A lot of those riders need to be coached, and they need that one little guidance to where, boom, and they're focused. And next thing they're champions, and they're champions all because of you, Danielle Simpson.
1: Yeah, oh, thank you.
0: <laughs> so, so, so before we get out of here, I want to know, in five years, where do you want to be? Where does Danielle Simpson want to be in five years? Cool like tell me your life tell me your top five things in your life in five years your top five things in your life in five years
1: right we're gonna have a second book out yes that's gonna be finished by next year um we are going to have at least at least two or three motorsport teams signed up with me and i'll be coaching yes yeah um we're gonna have a team of meditation teachers teaching my meditations uh to people um and or two more i'm gonna have my own house and english bulldog and i'm gonna be driving a bmw m2
0: oh my i love that i love and you know you look good in that car too and that bmw that (laughs) shot on your instagram that's you that's you all the way and like you said your words exactly you got to visualize it and you visualize and it'll come true. That's what she says on her Instagram. You got to follow Danielle underscore Simpson. She preaches, she practices what she preached and she preaches, she preaches visualization and so you got to visualize, meditate, the answers within you. It's all Danielle's system. Get her book, The Mindset Mission. I guarantee you will love it because she pulls no punches at all and she's authentic as you can see and very beautiful by the way and thank you for taking a chance on me. Like I said, I hit her up in the DMs but I was very professional and she trusted me and for that i give you nothing but thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you gratitude and so anything else you want to say before we out of here
1: no thank you for having me i absolutely loved it i can't believe how quick it's gone and um yeah i will see you soon at motor gp
0: I will see you soon at Moto MotoGP. We will talk and we will we will yeah something's going to happen. We're going to meet each other at a MotoGP race or an F1 race, and we'll have a great time. Thank you, Danielle Thank you. Simpson, for everything. You have been great. Thank you guys for watching. I appreciate everybody and the kind words. And like I say about this time, you know the word pay. <laughs>